Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. And Raja Bell. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is going on? Happy Monday. Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Rajah Bell. Hope everyone had a fantastic Easter weekend. It was yeah. good. Some family time. Laid down. It was great. Nice, relaxing day. And we have our NCAA championship set for hoops. We got it. Uh, we figured out who's going to be there. Villanova is going to play Michigan. And I thought it was a pretty revealing weekend. So when we start off here with what we learned... What we learned. Uh-huh. I think there's some really obvious things here, but I'm going to see if you feel the same way. Okay. All right, let's start it off. All right, we learned that Villanova might just be unbeatable and historically one of the best teams we've ever seen in college basketball. Did we learn that? Uh, we learned that, uh, no. no we didn't All right, good. I'm no, glad no, you said no, it. No, we didn't learn that. They're, <laughs> it's not that they're unbeatable, but they are, you know, they, they are, they are closest to an NBA style offense as you're going to find in the, in the NCAA, like I, I, there are a few teams that play like that, but they've got it right. And I, the question, and we 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 debated it yesterday at the barbecue because I had a few buddies of mine over, like, um, and we uh, you know, these are guys that I respect their basketball opinion. And and the question was, if you're a good guard or a really versatile wing big, and you aspire to play in the NBA, why wouldn't you go play for Jay Wright and the system that he has those guys playing there at Villanova? It's wide open. It's creative. There's so much freedom in it. They get up and down. It's what they're doing in the NBA now. So when you're trying to audition and, and sharpen your tools for an NBA career, I mean, he is providing the best platform. I don't like Shashevsky is great, and this isn't a knock on Duke, but in terms of what they do, they run basically they run floppy offense. If you watch Duke play this year, they run very, and maybe it's because he's got freshmen that that he doesn't want to get too nuanced with offensively, but they're running like basic cable sets, like. Villanova is running. They're just running. They're doing what what um, what pro teams do, and so uh, that was the question. So offensively, they are fantastic, but they are definitely beatable. I think so too. I think it's a conversation we always have when we see a team come off, and it was impressive. They waxed Kansas like it was really an impressive. It was never really close. But we do this. And when I say we, I mean people in the media overreact. Here it is. They want to write the articles before they're actually accomplished. If this team being historically one of the best teams of all time, I am totally with you. I have a question for you because another kind of hot takey topic that's been out there is, oh, Villanova and this Final Four in general in this tournament have proven that the one and done is kind of done. People shouldn't try that approach, that it doesn't work, that now you've got teams with more veteran-laden rosters right. are showcasing, like you're talking about with Villanova, saying, hey, they've got guys around so they can run an offense. I totally disagree with that, too. Yeah, I don't I don't buy that. I mean, if you get the right combination of one and done, like people just haven't got it right, right. In, in, like this year. or the, Yeah, exactly. This year this is the year, key right. word because they've done it in recent Correct. history. And you, look, they got the top three kids in the class going to Duke next year. <laughs> like people are going to be flipping the script next year as soon as those kids hit the hardwood and and are, are blazing like records and and so on and so forth. So, um I do believe though that your guard play, like your guard play, I I'd, I'd want a veteran. Yeah. 
You know, it's, I think it's more important for your PGs, guys that are really going to control tempo and, and be the brain, the, the coach on the court, like a quarterback. They have, they have to have some seasoning on them. The rest of your team can be one and done. I think you want the perfect mix. Like yeah. it's cause talent always wins. Like the most talent usually always wins. Right. But if you can get a couple one and dones and mix those in with some guys that you're talking about, like some leaders and some role players, like everybody has a role in the locker room. Yeah. As long as everybody knows those roles and stick to them, I think that's the perfect formula. All right. On the other side, we learned that what we learned. Yeah. We learned that Loyola and your girl, sister Jean couldn't finish off Michigan because they were controlling most of the game. Yeah. They were up. Michigan kept coming back. Then Loyola pulled away. And then I was like, all of a sudden the game just seemed over. Like Michigan just. Still a flurry of points. Did Sister Jean leave early too? She did. She did. We'll <laughs> she get to that in a second. What? what? Yeah. Whoa, well, no, we'll get to that after, after the ends and now. Go ahead. Uh, what about the game itself? Then we'll get to Sister Jean. Um, Loyola was controlling the game. This is kind of what I thought. I just kept waiting for it to happen to Loyola. They went through like a five minute stretch midway through the second half where they just kept turning the ball over. Um, and it, it was just. They looked overwhelmed athletically. They looked overwhelmed from a size perspective. And it looked like for the first time in the tournament, the gravity of the moment kind of got to them a little bit. I had been waiting for that to happen for a couple rounds. So, you know, it, those kids really, they, they played hard. I think they got every little ounce of, of, of what they could get out of their talent and out of their ability. And so I applaud them for that. But I think you saw eventually bigger, stronger, more athletic players kind of get to them. And it took a while. Like they, they, you know, they could have very easily won that game, but they almost had to be perfect in the game. And, you know, they were one for 10 from the three point line. You know, that had been a, a big part of what they were doing to get where they were. They were shooting the heck out of the ball. So when you go one for 10 from the three point line, everything else has to go right. And that five minute stretch of like, I don't know, six, seven, eight turnovers, or whatever it was, it looked like six, seven, eight turnovers. Was just you can't combine that and one for ten threes against a team that's bigger, stronger, and faster than you are. See, I think I think the the three point philosophy, like live or die by the three, and you're seeing it in the NBA. It's worked out really well for the Warriors, the Rockets, and other teams. But usually in those in the playoffs, you get a best of seven series, so you right. can have a night off. Yeah. But in college, like we saw with Loyola, if you're off and that's what you live or die by and you don't really have any other go-to, you're screwed. And well, that's where you see happen. Th- and that's the thing that t- takes me back to Villanova. It, I, I don't know the recipe for it. Like, there are different schools of thought on how you stop them from shooting threes, but they're very similar. I mean, they've got way more the capable players across the board. They're much deeper, uh, but they live or die by that three, too. Villanova's a six-and-a-half-point favorite versus Michigan. Yeah, they cover. They do. Yep. So you're going all in. They blow them out. Yep. Man, I, I was, I had a rough final four. Is that correct, Debo? <laughs> yeah. Go for two. Yep. I'm going to take Michigan with the points. And again, this is probably me rooting for a close game because I want to see a game that comes down to the wire. Yeah. But Villanova looked really good, but I feel like the hype is all time. And I haven't actually checked to see where the money is flowing. I'm guessing there is a lot of money flowing in on Villanova, the same thought as you are, because they've looked so good. So I'm going to take Michigan plus six and a half. Although their fans have been super annoying. On Twitter, because I talked trash for them about Florida State thing. Yeah. So I am pulling for Villanova big time. <laughs> uh, how do you think they can stop Villanova? Um, they've got to they've got to punish. You've got to try to get some points at the rim against Villanova. You you can't get caught up in trying to match three for three with them. And I mean, what's the kid's name? Spellman. He's the freshman. Um, yeah. And then sat out last year. 
Yeah. Um, Eric Paschal is the other big man. That's their big – and they've got a couple kids that come off the bench. But if I'm watching them, my eyeballs tell me that if there's a vulnerability there, it's at the rim with them. And then, you know, the kid Mo Wagner and, and they got a couple other kids from Michigan that are adept at getting to the rim. Don't settle against Villanova. Get to the rim if you can. And then the philosophical debate I was talking about a minute ago in terms of how you stop the three-point shot is they, they spread you out, Villanova does, offensively. And every one of their guys can either put it on the floor or shoot a three. So as a defender, you're put in a precarious situation if you're off the ball. Do I help? Right? Which will lead to another pass, which will lead to another help, which will lead to another pass in a wide open three. Or do I allow my, my, my teammate to maybe get beat and give up a layup? I would stay home on the shooters. It's what teams used to do to our son's teams that had success. Most teams, when Steve Nash gets in the middle of the lane, or let's say Jalen Brunson gets in the middle of the lane, you're taught to react and help and slide in front of him. Well, that causes a domino effect of passes, and the ball always moves faster than players. So someone is going to get a wide-open shot. I would err on the other side. I would let Steve Nash try to get 40 like the Spurs did and like Dallas did, and they had success against Mm -hmm. us because I couldn't get 10. Barbosa couldn't get 15. Um, James Jones couldn't get his. I would do that with Villanova. I would challenge Brunson and whatever over the guard, Dante DiVincenzo, DiVincenzo. Mm -hmm. Like, beat me at the rim. But I'm not going to keep sucking in and helping the helper and allow you to throw it all around and have have six guys in double figures. We're not going to do that. Let one guy try to get 40 and see if you can beat me. I think it's interesting for Jay Wright and his legacy, this game specifically, because if he wins this one and he just had the one a couple years ago, all of a sudden it changes his perception, which is already really strong. He's one of the better coaches in college basketball. But he's going to be elevated into the Coach K conversation. Five years ago, five years ago, Jay Wright was – known as one of the guys who couldn't get over the hump, like couldn't get it done in a big game. And so it would be really, really – I'm a Jay Wright fan. I played yeah. against him when he was at Hofstra, um, and I was at BU. But uh, it's really, really interesting how quickly that's flipped. And if he does get another one, you are correct. And he you talk about because be- he's already – with the last after last championship, he was already rumored – you know, there was sources connecting him possibly to the Sixers job. Like the NBA – I would expect would be some teams would be making some big time offers for Jay Wright. You're, you're right because stylistically he fits too. Everybody's favorite. I used to record the game just so I could get the one shining moment. Video you're a one shining moment guy. I used to be much more than I am yeah. now. Uh, but like this was that was like my hype video. I would put that in before I had games. One practice. shining moment. <laughs> You never got into it? That's anti-American. Yeah, because I never got into it. I never got into the tournament, so I was like anti-one-shining moment. I loved it. So let's do a little predicting them because if the, if Nova is up 50 by halftime, yeah. some people you might want to go to bed. You might want to see what it's about. I have one. Like there's always the ball is tipped and it's there. I think Vegas should put some sort of odds on which game they use for the tip. Like is it the championship game or do they go back and use another one? Right. I think there's an absolute guarantee what they're going to use. It's the UMBC upset over Virginia. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. absolutely one they're going to have in there. There's also uh, – it was the Michigan game when they had the Houston players laying on the floor like in exasperation. They had just lost that. Yeah. It's a no-brainer that they're going to use that in. I'm a little bit concerned because I think I know who the star of One Shining Moment might be. Oh, no. It's your boy? Sister Jean. Oh, your girl. She gets in. So back to <laughs> Hannah's question. You know she left early, right? Yeah. You I know, saw her wheeling out there. So she no. left with about two minutes left in the game. And like people on social media were skewing her. Like saying, this is the worst. What a fair weather she, fan. How, uh, like, no. She is how old? A hundred? 
98. Same yeah. when you're that old. Like, <laughs> like, you can roll out if you want to. Right. Well, here's you what happened. Right. I think we, so that a Loyola Chicago came out with a little damage control. Oh, they said oh. that's what she does every game. She leaves with two minutes left so she can be in the tunnel waiting for the players to come off the court. Who said that? Yeah, that guy needs a raise. <laughs> Whoever came up like with that. Like SID, whoever it was. I'm with you. I think she left early. I think she, she is a Fairweather fan. She no, should have stuck with it till tired. the end. She, she, was she wasn't tired. She, 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 she's all, she only gets tired when she they lose. To go exactly. She's she only wasn't, tired when she they wasn't lose. tired when they, when they, when Listen, she was doing all those 98's interviews. 98's only a factor when they're getting beat. Yeah. Sometimes I just want to roll out of a game too, I hear you. but I can't. I do, have to stay. Do you think Leonard Hamilton, the confused look he gave Dana Jacobson after the Florida State losses on there? I hope not. No, I don't. They think They wouldn't gonna, do that. I don't think they're going to put him up there. Uh-uh. Uh, any any Trey Young sightings? Trey Young from his yeah. You I think, think Trey so? Young yeah. Darling of college basketball this year. I think he'll 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 have a shot. Yeah. What about a dejected Roy Williams? You like that one? <sighs> so Hannah, you like the flute, the tuba player, and the drummer? Like you like the band Always. cutaways? You oh do? yeah, those are the <laughs> no. Honestly though, those are the best during Syracuse games specifically. I feel like they just pick the best looking, most spirited people ever to yeah. show. I tell you, who's <laughs> not going to be in there? You know who's not going to be in there? And this is Debo's suggestion: the uh, the sweaty Sean Miller. Like, there's going to be no Sean Miller in there. The NCA would not allow it. If it was in there, they're going to cut that out for sure. The heads buried uh, in towels. Exactly. I'm going to try one. to pass down the one shining moment. Uh, Tradition to my daughters. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have them watching it. Really? Up. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna get it going. Let's, I don't even know what to <laughs> say right. to you right now. <laughs> you better. Well, I'm gonna text you tonight. Make sure you watch it. All right, let's move on. Here's what's happening with Hannah. For the second straight game, Arike Ogunbowale, I got it. Yeah. Made a winning shot this time with one point second or point one seconds left. Excuse me. As Notre Dame beat Mississippi State sixty-one to fifty-eight to win the national championship on Sunday. Remember, this is the same girl that made the win happen on Friday night with a second left in overtime to beat UConn. This is Notre Dame's second national championship and its first since two thousand one. What a weekend for that young lady in Notre Dame. I mean, uh, like that's I, I, she killed it. I don't. I don't have a word for it. I mean, what? I've I've won a game on a buzzer beater, but not the magnitude of game that she won. It's the shot you that. dream about as a kid. When you're out shooting hoops, you dream about winning a championship. Unreal and tough shots, both of them. Tough, <laughs> yeah. tough shots. I mean, the one she had last night was a prayer. Uh, unreal, and it just went in. All, yeah. all it was it was fantastic and great for women's basketball. Touchdown! Jesus came over to the women's basketball side. <laughs> That's right. Well, Raja, you said you didn't have a word for it, but Hassan Whiteside had a lot of words to say over the weekend. He's been fined an undisclosed amount for, quote, comments detrimental to the team. He went on a rant after Miami's 110-109 overtime loss on Sunday, Saturday to the Nets, excuse me, Saturday, when the Heat missed a chance to clinch a playoff spot. He said, quote, a lot of teams don't have a good center. They're going to use their strengths. It's BS. It's really BS, man. There are a lot of teams that could use a center. Whiteside sat for the final 21 minutes of Saturday's loss, including overtime as the Heat went with a small ball lineup. Whiteside has two years left on his four-year $98 million deal. Tell him why you mad, son. Hey, look, he... I feel like it's fine. Is it? Why you feel like what's fine? It's, it's fine. okay that he's that he's, that he's talking. That he's not fine. Him. That's not fine. That's not no. fine with the to go on the like. I don't think he should be no. talking like that. But to say that you're upset, like to show that you're upset, you could say, I "Hey, I, I you know I'm a competitor. I want to be in the game down the stretch. Right. Like I want to give my team and help my team have the best chance to win. That's all fine. When you come out and say it's bull bleep, yeah. Um, anywhere. Well, it's not good anywhere, but certainly not with Pat Riley and the Heat organization. <laughs> right. That is a terrible, terrible look. And I was on record a year ago 
saying that I would not have paid Hassan Whiteside that kind of money. I would not. And I understood why the Heat did it. They didn't want to lose him for nothing. They kind of found him. They polished up the, the, the piece of coal and made it into a diamond, like all of the proverbial whatever. They did that. And so they didn't want to lose. But he is not worth that money in today's NBA. And there's a reason that he wasn't, like, in the NBA to begin with. I wasn't either. But I'm 6'5", dime a dozen, 200 pounds. There are plenty of me. So you're going to miss on me sometimes. That's fine. You don't miss on seven-foot freak athlete jump out the gym unless there's something wrong. Right. And it, it, he's immature, right? There's something wrong. You, yeah. you, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that guy walking around and you've had him in three, four places and it never works out. It speaks to something going on with said player. And now I think they're starting to see. He definitely contributed to when D Wade originally left Miami too, because it was coach Spo saying that white side was the priority. White side is going to always be the priority to white side. <laughs> All right, we've seen Shohei Otani in the batter's box, and now we've seen him on the mound in a real MLB game. The rookie two-way player making his pitching debut last night, tossing six innings, allowing three earned runs, while striking out six and picking up the win. Otani averaged 97.8 miles per hour in his fastball while hitting 100 on the gun a couple of times, much better than his spring. I love this. We need to get more guys doing this in Major League Baseball. I think it's good for the game. I think fans like watching it. And I think baseball has been too rigid and old school in the thought process saying, oh, only hitters can hit and only pitchers can pitch. Let them do both. If you have incredible talent like Otani has, let them do both. Yeah. I mean, people want to see talent. They want to see exceptional yeah. athletes doing exceptional things. Like, why, why not let him do everything he can do? Trevor Williams was somewhat close to etching his name in baseball history, but his manager and his pitch count prevented that. Pirates right-hander Trevor Williams was pulled from a no-hit bid after six innings and 85 pitches. Same thing happened to the Twins' Kyle Gibson on Saturday, though he had 17 more pitches through six innings of no-hit baseball. I don't care if you have 150 pitches. If you're going for a no-hitter, why not go for the no-hitter? We coddle our Major League Baseball pitchers more than we ever have, and it's annoying. These guys get paid a lot of money. Let them go out there and try to achieve history. I can't stand pulling a guy during a no-hitter. It's the worst. <laughs> Geno Smith headed to the Chargers after a year backing up Eli Manning and notably being the replacement to Manning's consecutive games played streak. The former second-round pick has started 31 career games, throwing 29 touchdowns and 36 interceptions. Uh, good for Gino. I don't really have any comment on that one other than it's a backup quarterback finding a job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good for him. Yeah. Ian Poulter delivered another big moment on Sunday, this one for himself. Down to the last put, Poulter made a... 20-foot birdie on the 18th hole to force a playoff, and then he won the Houston Open with a part on the first extra hole to earn the last spot at the Masters. Woo. Oh, wow. Ian, under see pressure. What happened? No. So he was, so during the week yep. leading into the Houston Open, he got a letter, or the media told him he was going to get into the Masters. Like yeah. They did this formula, and they were like, oh, yeah, he's going to get in. The Masters said, nope, they were wrong. The media's wrong. You're not coming to the Masters. He needed to get invited so he thought he was got he thought he got screwed over. Right. So the only way he's playing in the Masters is if he wins in Houston and he did it. Like that's awesome. That's dope. And he seems like that type of dude like that that is just cocky enough oh, like, totally. to pull that off. Like Right. I don't know if I like Ian Poulter though. Like I'm I, with you. I, you know, <laughs> I feel like he's got way too much of that cockiness for his game. For a like, golfer. For a golfer, right? But good for you, dude. You should not be that cocky as a yeah, golfer. Good for you, my but man. But he, uh, but he backed it up. Hey, it was awesome. He said no when beef. he went to Houston, he only packed bags till Friday because he knew he was going to throw it. Like he, he thought mentally he was in such a bad place that he was just not even going to make the cut. And then he said when he made the cut, 
he turned his attitude around and just like let it flow and was just went out there and balled. Ian Poulter, master champion. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on. All right, this is a new one we got. Storylines that we want solved. Is that where we're going? We need some production for that, or are we just trying this one out, Debo? Let's do it. We're just Story trying it out. Like the unsolved mysteries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like this. Get right yeah, to that. I kind of like that. All right, so we've talked about Odell Beckham a lot. We've talked about Le'Veon Bell potentially holding out a lot. There's another player in there who all of a sudden his future with his current team may be up for grabs. It's your boy, Raja. Gronk. F*** Gronk. <laughs> there it is. We, don't, we need a drop so you don't have to say it every nah, time. No, listen. Listen. So, uh, edit that out. I, so, I'm on a new I'm on a oh, new you stuff. Are. I mess what? with Gronk now. All right. Hold yeah, on. I get down with Gronk. Oh, nice. I'm down I also with Gronk. heard a rumor, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard a rumor that he is going to be on the new season of Dancing with the Stars. Get out. Really? No, I'm not kidding. kidding. I heard this rumor. That would not surprise me at How all. How is he going to do both? Well, like, maybe that leads into our topic because maybe <laughs> it's not with the Patriots because apparently his uh, future in both the NFL, which he tossed around the idea of retirement, so everybody was like, oh, my gosh, he's going to quit the game. And then more recently, his future in New England could even be up for debate because yep. he's – Apparently not happy there. Bill Belichick is not happy with him, that he's not all in. And there was a report uh, by Greg Bedard of the Boston Sports Journal saying, quote, no lo- uh, longer, no longer, the longer, <laughs> sorry about that. I'm trouble reading. <laughs> the longer Gronk goes without saying he's all in, the chances of him being traded increases. I don't know what to think of this story. I would not be surprised at all. I think a lot of players are getting more vocal about being miserable playing in the Patriot way with yeah. Bill Belichick. Uh, you saw when his boy Amendola gets, goes down to Miami, he tweets at him and was like, be happy. And like was very clear about like it was kind of a, a coded message to the Patriots. Right. And you saw Chris Long, uh, come out for the Eagles and he was talking about how it's hard. It's not, you know, it's not much fun. I Malcolm Butler Malcolm over the weekend Butler. said he almost walked up to Bill Belichick during the Super Bowl to ask him why he was benched. Ooh, that wouldn't have that would have gone over well. That would have sure. been fantastic. I, I wish it would have happened. Um, it would not surprise me at all. I wonder how Brady feels about this one. That's the guy that I think matters the oh, most. Who cares? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> no, I'm but that's happy that guy. all these people are that being is. vocal about this. I think it's great. You do. Yeah, I love that Danny Amendola that... said that. I also think it has to do with his girlfriend Olivia Copo and him no longer being together. But I right. do think she cheated. Also, <laughs> I, 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 that was like a blur. Think, what happened? Yeah. Whose girlfriend? Tom Brady. Danny Amendola's girlfriend Olivia Copo. Yeah. Former Miss Universe. Oh, she's, she's hot. Smoking. Yeah. She's yes. so hot, but she cheated. She also cheated on Nick Jonas. It's fine. Anyways, <laughs> I, 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 I like that people are being vocal about this, especially someone like Rob Gronkowski, who has like he has such an impact, right? Like yeah. he says something and people yeah. eat it up. Here's the thing. You I want to like it, but I think it might mean his future. I want to bury the hatchet with Rob Gronkowski. Really? Saw a Is video of him and my man and my man Shaq. <laughs> Yeah, you missed that last Monday. Yeah, yeah we hit yeah, on that. Yeah, did you guys? That was a little like, weird. That was though, really wasn't it? strange. Yeah. Really strange. It, it was not a good look for either one of them. But I like. First of all, Gronk is fantastic. Like I can't even like I, I know in jest I say F Gronk, but he's a fantastic like football player. And um, you thought the dancing like, was I, fantastic? No, 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 no. Football player, I said. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that. I thought he was one of those Pats guys, and that's what annoyed me the most about him. Because I'm not one of the Pats guys. Like I'm not a, I'm a Tom Brady fan of football, mm-hmm. but I'm not a Pats way type of dude. Like I don't subscribe to that all the time and do it our way, and it's this way, and this is a like I don't I don't do that. And so the fact that he's kind of like showing signs that he's not a Pats guy too, like I want to I let's bury the hatchet. Gronk, I'm with you, bro. Here's what's really interesting. 
the Patriot way is very fear-based, yeah. like philosophy. If it's you don't conform, you're going to get cut. So now you've got players, and this is where if Belichick wants to keep that philosophy, he should probably get rid of Gronk. Yeah. And if he doesn't get rid of Gronk, do more guys start questioning and yeah. looking around? What? You're like that's that's where I think it gets fascinating. Like if this if Gronk is there, are other guys going to start chirping just a little bit because they feel a little bit better? Yeah. Because you can say it. I think you can probably get away with it in most places if you're Gronk. I will be I will be curious to see if Belichick lets him away with it. Now a lot of these are rumors, and you don't have him on record saying anything. But to let this leak, it does bring up uh, you know his future. So I think it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. All right, we also have Kawhi Leonard versus the Spurs. So on Sunday, Pop indicated there was a confusion or a disconnect between Kawhi's group. You know, everybody has a team of people now. And the Spurs. Uh, so Kawhi leaves again to continue his rehab on his injured quad in New York, which I think is a little weird. Like, I don't know how that fly flew with teams that you played on, if that was acceptable. Going to rehab somewhere else? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could you could go. I, I know of guys who have gone to get some rehab in other places, but typically that was once the organization already realized that, like, look, there's nothing we can do here. Like, and it wasn't like a face of the team type player. Am I? I'm just guessing no. That, I mean, right? no, no, no. Yeah, it's definitely not. I'm going to see. Uh, what and would, not during like off season. Yeah, go wherever you want to go to rehab. But yeah, usually they the want season, you in your facility with their team doctors, with their with their uh, you know rehab staff and 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 strength and conditioning people. It's really it's really a strange look. At some Are, point, we have to talk about the Phoenix doctors. Maybe not right now. But they're they're legendary. The, oh yeah, the the training staff out yeah. there, Aaron Nelson and Mike Mike Elliott's with the Jazz now, and we had uh, you know, Aaron Nelson, we had Eric um, Eric Phillips. Like we had we had a really 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 good staff, man. And those guys are like on the forefront of they revived like Shaq's career, Grant Hill's career. Like uh, I think they did it for for somebody else before I got there. Antonio McDice. Like they're really really good. But yeah, so to that point, they want you with them. They don't want you you know in New York doing your rehab. Are you team? Kawhi, or are you team Spurs? And when I, I say Spurs, I mean Pop, Manu, like all the guys. Would be I don't know. Out. I don't know because I don't have enough information on it. Like I don't. I don't know. I would. I'm on the. I'm on the Spurs side on this one. I would imagine you would be because he's all. He's been cleared by who? He's been cleared by multiple doctors, and he just wants to be a hundred percent and go out there. I would. I don't think he stays in the Spurs. I don't I, think this. I think this is a bad fit. I think it's pretty clear. Yeah. I. Yeah. Like I would is, definitely, is, if I'm the Spurs, I'm not paying him 200 mil, giving him a max deal. Was he? Uh, was he up after this year? next year? After next year? Like, but yeah. I think this is the start. Like this is. You want a guy who's all in, especially on that in that organization. And I just feel like, and the more like I wouldn't expect guys like Manu to call a player out unless he knows what's going on. Like you don't just go out there and do that. Uh, I agree, but. You know those things can get real. They can get real dicey if you, sure if you don't have are. if you don't have all of the information. Like I don't I don't know that Manu sat there and read through the medical records. I know Manu probably got the report from Pop and from RC Buford what's going on with Kawhi. But like I would be, you'd be naive to think that when Pop and RC Buford are relaying what's happening that they're that they're giving a full one hundred percent account to the people whose opinion they're trying to sway. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And probably the same with Kawhi. He's given information that's like 90% factual and leaving out the 10% that would really be integral to you picking a side on said decision. And so I would probably be on Spurs' side too. If I'm Spurs, I'm I'm not locking into a to a max deal. I have already said earlier this year that once this starts happening, it's time to start looking for a way to part ways and for everyone to get something out of it. Like Kawhi get where he wants to go, the Spurs get assets in return, 
Um, but this is ugly, and you never see it happen in, in, in a place like San Antonio. All right, we're getting to that point of the NBA season where you're seeing players start to get a little bit more rest as they gear up for the playoff run. You know you're going to use guys a lot in a lot of these in travel situations. You're just going to need guys more. And the Rockets are very much in the thick of things, looking to knock off the Warriors. So they're starting to give some guys some minutes off. So Mike D'Antoni talked about the philosophy, and he said, we haven't been sharp now for about three or four games. It hasn't just been one or two days. That's scary when you rest guys. That's why at the end of the year, you've got to be careful taking guys out and rest and just resting them. Everybody wants rest, rest, rest. Well, they've got to play. Otherwise, we're going to lose the advantage of what you worked for for 80 games, and it's scary times for us. You've got to play. you got to bring it. you got to bring it every day. We'll get it back. I love this because I think resting can be detrimental if you do lose your Absolutely. kind of momentum, your flow, your feel. For for the game, for competition, for all of it. Yeah, I I agree with Mike 100. percent Mike was never really a a huge um, like let you take a night off guy. I never wanted a night off anyway. We played a lot of minutes in in Phoenix. Like that was just kind of Mike's style, and he had a kind of short rotation. His rotation has expanded because he's got you know he's gotten better with that, and he's got more talent. Um, but the way they play, especially, is a very it's a very uh, feel type of chemistry rhythm offense. So, you know, if you fall out of rhythm with that offense, it could it can look ugly at times because you're not running a whole lot of quick hitting, you know, get guys wide open jump shot sets. You're running a lot of sets that require like reads and timing and and guys making, you know, chemistry type plays on the court. So if they fall out of rhythm, it it, it could look bad. And, you know, what Mike's really good at is resting you when you're not playing. Like, you can play in the game, and then he's going to afford you all the rest that you can handle on the off days. You're just basically going to shoot the ball. You're not coming into practice to really do anything. So you're you're getting a ton of rest, but when it's time to play, it would be – I mean, what's the difference between playing, like, last night or taking last night off, coming into practice today, and scrimmaging for, for 25 minutes? Oh, right. There's no real difference. Like, you're you're still getting the same amount of miles on your body. So – Get your rest when you can get it. I'm, I'm all for letting the guy sit here and there. Those guys are getting older, long in the tooth. You know, you, you want to avoid the major injury, but certainly, um, keep everything flowing offensively because that's why you are where you are right now. So Chris Paul's missed five of six. They've given time off to Harden, Clint Capella, Eric Gordon, a big part of their team. Harden even admitted, he said, we've coasted these last few to- uh, games. It's time to amp it up a little bit. Just get our minds and bodies right and get ready to go. Is this the hardest part of the NBA season? Like the, the post yeah. All Star pre playoff stretch always seems like it's just and the they doldrums. Clinched like, a week or, ago, the number one right, seed. Right, so they yeah. know where they are. Like what? Like I think it's an I think it's an interesting spot to be in because you want to keep that hun- hunger, and yet guys will mentally be like, "Hey, we're coasting until we get there." Well, here's the deal about I, I look like down that roster. I don't think anybody on that team of of significance. Maybe Trevor Ariza. He might have won one in, in, with the Lakers, maybe, yeah. but nobody else has a championship. So. Like coasting cannot be an option right now, and I know that there, you know, you are in the dog days. There's, I don't know, nine days left in the season or what have you. I don't, I don't, I don't know the number, but and so it it can get a little like, you know, and redundant. You lose that edge. But you can't if you're them. I mean, you you would you you came you came into training camp this season say hey we want to be the best regular season team in the NBA hell no you said you want to win a championship and so everything you've done to this point has set you up for that you. 
they should be as laser focused as any team in the NBA. And if they're not, and if Coach D'Antoni's worried about that, then they've got problems. I'm not saying that they are. I think they're going to be fine. But if they should have guys in that locker room, anyone that was bored at this point and, and starting to like, starting to lose focus, then they're not the type of dude you want rolling with you down the stretch in the first place. All right, let's move on. Let's finish it up with some topics. Just want to tell Raja that in 2006, you averaged 37 and a half minutes per game. That would lead the league this year. Wow. Yeah, yeah we played Almost a lot of minutes. 3,000 minutes for you. Yeah, it's crazy. But now. Topics. Do you guys remember the Fab Five? Yes, I do. Sure. I was yeah. sitting in yeah. front of them at my recruiting trip to Michigan when I went up there. It was pretty cool. Wow. Like right the row in front of them. They were superstars. Yeah. yeah. Danny, Danny remembers Michigan, the school, doesn't recognize their existence. The university vacated the Wolverines' two early 90s trips to the Final Four following an investigation that unveiled payments for players, including Chris Weber. But current coach John Beeline, obviously in the spotlight now, saying he believes Michigan will eventually honor Weber, Jackson, Howard, Rose, and King, a.k.a. the Fab Five in the future. Just how influential was that group? I mean, I, I don't even think I could put it into words how influential they were with the baggy socks. I mean, the baggy shorts, short socks, like black socks. It was – I mean, I I was in high school at the time. You wanted to be Fab Five. Like, you wanted the Hirachis. You wanted the Air Max, like, Barclays that they were rocking. Everything they did, you know, you were you were tuned into and trying to copy it. So, you know, what Allen Iverson did for the NBA, like, they, they did that for college basketball. And so – I like Coach Beeline. I, I've said before, I think he's a really, really good coach. Uh, Michigan, listen to the man. Do it before they get, like, 50 years old. Like, do it before they're, like, gray beards and they're coming out there limping onto the court. Like, do it while they're still relevant names or still on TV and stuff like that. It's a silly, silly thing in the first place. It's really stupid that you don't acknowledge them or have something up there for them because everybody knows it happened. So it's like with Reggie Bush's Heisman taken yeah. away or va- wins vacated. It happened. Everybody knows it. They need to be recognized. Did you wear short shorts in high school? I wear we wore short shorts until my junior year, and um, then like because the Fab Five made Fab them five. popular, and because you didn't know it was even possible to wear big shorts before <laughs> right. they, you didn't it was think all it was possible. Knew. So we had short shorts, but we would actually wear them as low as possible, off like shirt untucked, yeah. like off your butt to sure. try to make them look baggy. Like, and you'd order like triple X, so they didn't they fit weird, yeah, and they were still short. Like, but you always wanted to try to be like them. Somebody put up a timeline, like they put up a photo. It was in our yearbook, a Miami Killian yearbook of me laying the ball up, like my junior year, and the shorts that I was wearing are they're embarrassing. <laughs> but it's you know, embarrassing. But you have now, that picture anywhere? I know I could find gotta, it. Probably. We gotta it find that and tweet it out. But you know now, short shorts are back in. Yeah, I know they are. Yeah. My kids roll them up. Like yeah. They roll See, them at the it's, waist. It's like, it's sick. I put a no really? rule. There's a no rule policy on my fifth grade you team. Can't roll. Like, do not roll your shorts. Good. No I'm not roll. with that. Um, were your kids, <laughs> were your kids, uh, into April Fool's Day at all? Oh yeah. They're all into it. They love no, it. No, we didn't do it. Yours? No, they didn't know? No. Mine love it. Anthony Davis, a 25 year old, into April Fool's Day a little bit. So he shaved his unibrow, his famous unibrow, and then he didn't. Speaking from people that know a lot about makeup, Hannah and myself, uh, <laughs> did you guys fall for the prank? I didn't because like he was there with the unibrow, and then the next second there was no unibrow. I was I like, "I 110 percent thought he shaved it, and I thought he looked really good." And I'm sad that he's still. I did. I, he's I was still unibrow. This is under protest though, because it's not an April Fool's joke if you start it the week that's, before. I just think that's good planning. No, that's not. That's <laughs> cheating. That's cheating. <laughs> There's a week lead up everybody. to the April Fool's. Yeah, Bulls? he tweeted out Wednesday, like, should I, should I get rid of it? Uh, should I do it? And then, like, Friday he tweets out more. He can and then keep he did that it. hype going for as long as he wants, and it's literally just, like, four hairs. It's so dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb. Like, I mean, it's also pretty dumb. noticeable. It is noticeable. It is noticeable, but, like, a unibrow isn't, like, 
I don't know. It's I thought he so looked easy good to without it. I feel bad that he stayed with it. Also, <laughs> what I'm like, is with the unibrow? What the way it? that he shaved it, I was so afraid that he was going to look awful. Like he, because he didn't <laughs> he actually do it. Yeah, right. But like, think about how wide a razor is. Like, I was terrified watching it. Like, That's I why I knew it was it, fake. Like, I was like, how the hell did that razor just shave that perfectly? Yeah, breaking it down. That's what we give you here on Canal and Bell. Another one of the NBA's best big men, Joel Embiid. He had surgery on Saturday. And the only thing funnier than a normal, regular Joel Embiid is Joel Embiid, presumably on a boatload of painkillers. And he was on that the, over the weekend, supporting his alma mater uh, from his hospital bed, tweeting, man, am I high or are these dudes so hot from three? And then later, <laughs> quote, babe, are you single or nah? At Rihanna. At Rihanna. Shot. Take the shot, bro. Does that date? Shoot. Does that date ever happen? He's probably. I mean. No, I'm saying like he has that button, you know, you get in the hospital, you just keep <laughs> you hitting it, it keeps feeding keep you, whatever they got coming, morphine. it seems like that's what was Him coming in. Him and Rihanna in. definitely need to date. Like, has that happened? No, Do we know? No, it's no, no, no. Are you sure that like they haven't met up once before? I'm pretty sure he would it. advertise the hell yeah, out of it. He would have pictures, <laughs> he would have everything going out there. He would have I think it on she needs story. to steer clear. But yeah, I, I, I like, I think I'm like on his side on this. I think it'd be fun. Another superstar. This is just a weekend timeline of two two regular friends. Friday, you watch your friend ball out and beat the Pelicans. Yep. Saturday, you watch your friend ball out at a concert and you do shots with him on stage. That's the story of LeBron James and Justin Timberlake. New bromance. Are they friendship goals? Yeah, they're friendship goals no. for sure. No? No. Why not? Because they're not real friends. That's just for show. Yeah, you buying it? No. Tell Justin him, Timberlake and what's-his-face, Jimmy Fallon. That's a bromance. Yeah, you can't have more than one friend? That's one for the ages. Can't have more than one bromance? No, you just like show up and like, Was Jimmy Fallon jealous? It. Ooh, was there a little peanut the, butter and jelly? That's like, a, that's a, that that is, right. I bet he was. Yeah. See, I'm telling you, I bet Fallon was jealous that he wasn't there. That's a very good observation. No, that's just like a win-win. Like they're like, yo, you want to do this? And I'll do this. All oh, right. <laughs> That's like when DJ Khaled appears so on Beyonce. Publicists song. put no. that together. Publicists. Did, did they go out after the concert? Like, does LeBron have videos from the dinner where they're drinking the wine together? It's the definitely vino. wine, yeah. But yeah. that's the question, though. If publicists had to put that together for them, like if 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 LeBron reached out to JT and was like, "Yo, dog, I, thanks for coming to the game tonight. Hey, I'm going to be text. at the concert tomorrow night." Or if publicists reached text. out, like, that's the degree of friendships there. But I, I don't. I don't think texting actually means anything. Like I always say this, DJ Khaled. When he does a song with Jay Z or Beyonce, you know it's DJ Khaled just texting them, being like, "Yo, can you do me this favor?" <laughs> That's definitely what happened between JT and LeBron. Another one. <laughs> Those videos seem to make Hannah mad over the weekend. Yeah, this video so. <laughs> that you can check out at Canel and Bell on Twitter gave me anxiety until I talked to Danny this morning. But Aaron Donald, reigning NFL Defensive Player of the Year, his off-season training regimen seemingly included just dodging knives. Nah, dog. That was scripted. The man was telling him what he was about to do multiple times, making sure. So, regardless, one slip up. Just so we're clear, we're going too high, one low across to the right hip, one high, two to the right hip. Like it it would have been crazy and psychopathic if dude was just like, "Listen, bro, I'm coming at you with these damn knives, and you got to keep me off." But Danny, just so we're clear. You know the knives are fake, right? Are they? You're yeah, sh- you're they're sure. totally I was fake. Say, this whole thing has they're to be totally fake. They're totally fake. What's more likely, though, that they, it was Wait. scripted out or that they're fake? Both. 
It they're was both. scripted. They're, you you can hear, hear the, the guy on the video is oh, telling yeah. them what moves He's are telling coming. them. They're both. It's all scripted. And 100% they're fake. They're fake. Bro, yeah. So they if I like, had two knives right now and I saw that I'm going to show I'm going to go two knives. I'd mess, I'd mess it up somehow and I'd be stabbed. It wasn't even like he was violently jabbing. No, no, no. I'm watching it. These are these knives are from Party City. They like no, they might even be. He plays in L.A. Like maybe they have like really fancy. The knives are actually wobbling. They still have a tag on them. Party City tag. They need to stage something where he does it wrong and the guy like goes off on him and stabs him, like saying, "No, that's not how you do the drill," and just loses. And want it. another Paul Pierce situation? <laughs> hey, real talk. He got stabbed. How many times did he get stabbed? Nineteen times. Jesus, Paul. I hear you. <laughs> Our final topic. Hey, that's a tough one. Hey, that's a tough ass. I dude. hate it. Nineteen times. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, hunt show day. You know what that is, Danny? I have no idea what hunt show day is. Sorry. I'm a little upset because you didn't get an invite. Ooh. Quavo from Migos held a flag football game. Oh. And one of the team captains. Where at? Two chains. Where, oh, my God. Why were you not the quarterback for Seriously. Team Two Chains? If I would have gone up and asked him for a selfie, I would have got that. He was where on was my the game? out to LA. Where in was Atlanta. I was going to say, I was like, what about this? Am I not Seriously. picking up? That's messed up. Julio Jones and squad one. Quavo won, yeah. was a big time high school football player. Yeah, he's trying to take Matt Ryan's spot on the Falcons. Oh, he is? Good for him. Can what I, can I, can we qualify that? He's big time. Like, I think he was like all state. Like, like I think he was that's legit. Big time yeah, he released like, his highlight have, tape last week. Yeah, and it's not bad, right? No, like good. they actually have stuff. Like yeah, he was a pretty decent player. Did he was you all get state. Two chains his number. What's that? Did you get two chains his number? No, we, we're you texting. You guys could have done that buddies. one texting thing where you're like, "Yo, if you do <laughs> hey, this for me, I'll do this." All state. I'll take shots with you on stage. No, no. If he comes on Canel and Bell, then I'll go on stage and take shots with him. Deal. Let's do it. Done. Which one does he want less? Good for both parties. Hey, a me on stage would be huge for him. I would give him some street cred. <laughs> All right, that's it. I uh, hope everybody enjoys the championship game tonight on Wednesday. We'll react to that game. We're also going to do Masters. I got some big bets on the Masters. Do you? So I'm going to let I you need guys some inside. I want to get it. There I, we I need go. That'll make it there a lot more exciting. Uh, make sure you go subscribe, download on Apple Podcasts. You, know, you can check us out, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Leave us that five-star review on iTunes page. And in the comment section, ask us a question. We have to answer it. We'll do that on fi- Fridays at our five-star Q&A. And as always, leave us feedback at Canel and Bell on Twitter. Thanks for listening.